It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But I looked at that spread, and I look at the run of play that Washington had, and go, the Patriots are favored by two and a half in that game. And I look at this, where they were favored to start the week or on Sunday, and then it flipped to the Colts minus one, and now it's minus 2.5. I think the Colts cover and easily. Like, I think this is 24 to 13 Indianapolis. And it's partly the matchup last year, which was just a slog. We had more talent in offense. It's just hard, man, right now for them to live on offense and stay on schedule, which is the whole game, because they just don't have any explosive plays, and it's going to be hard to get them. Uh, on Sunday. Patsy Deference is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. All right, coming to you live with the most unprepared, off-the-cuff episode of Pat's Interference, brought to you by FanDuel, exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network, ever, from an undisclosed location in Frankfurt, <laughs> Doug Cotter, the Herald, Zach Cox, and Ness, and welcome back. Thank you. Thanks I think me. one of the last times we did this, we were poolside down at Boca. We were, Before yeah. the Pat's opener in 2022. Um, better or worse than random hotel room in Frankfurt, Germany? I mean, we'll have to see. But we did have some uh, couple two tree high noons uh, during that. Episode. Yeah, we so did. I don't think we're gonna have any of those today. We just got. I think this is coffee number four for me. Uh, yeah. So we're trying to trying to stay awake through this episode. I think that's the number one goal. This is bad German McDonald's <laughs> with, with a crappy paper straw. So when I say most off the cuff possible, we've already explained that because yeah. we are coming off of basically a red eye. The Patriots have recently landed. They have a practice later this afternoon. Locally, it just passed uh, 10, 11 o'clock, 11 o'clock. So it is five o'clock Eastern time. Uh, we are we don't have a rundown today. We we don't have much energy or focus, but <laughs> what we have is the ice bucket from this hotel room as Patriots get ready to play the Colts, obviously on Sunday, and six topics, two of which will cover the game: Patriots offense versus the Colts defense, and vice versa, as well as stuff that's gone on during the week, early Frankfurt observations. We took a walk this morning after getting in at about six or then seven. Uh, my dad is here wandering around somewhere. I don't think he's going to make an appearance, but you never, never know, know with him because he lost his phone immediately <laughs> on arriving at Frankfurt. So I'm excited to get started. Uh, do you want to draw the first one? Sure. All I right. have no idea what any of these topics are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Topic number one, Pat's Colts offense. Okay, Simple so enough. Is that Pat's offense? Yeah, it's Pat's offense. Okay. Yeah, I even scribbled this out because this is, this is how low tech we're getting here today. Um, well, but, let's start off. Bill Belichick, while talking about the Colts, Cold uh, <laughs> said they've got the big three on defense. And none of us can figure out who the big three are. Uh, I think there's a pretty good idea that one of them is Darius Leonard. Yeah. DeForest Buckner. DeForest Buckner has to be in there. definitely one of them. And the third one is Sarah Franklin, Kenny Moore, Julie Blackman. I, we, we don't know who the third big three member is. There was so much going on Wednesday. After that press conference. So, oh, J.C. Jackson is not going to travel. Adrian Clem is missing because yeah. he's got a health issue. 
uh, all these different things practice and then they're traveling tomorrow. And we totally missed the big three <laughs> part of that. Like there's, there's no big three there. Yeah. Like, how did we go from Garnett, Pierce and Allen, which I know 80 Celtics fans, that's not the original big yeah. three to Kenny Moore being a maybe, part of any three described this big. Could yeah. Be, maybe we yeah. don't know. Um, well, the other, the, the biggest person missing from the Patriots offense is Trent Brown. who yep. was out Devontae Parker out here again. So they're basically running back. The offense that we saw last week against the Commanders, yeah. which, granted, was not great. 17 points wasn't. You scored off a fumble. Um, and then... Uh, a long reminder Stevenson run. Yeah, a long reminder Stevenson run. What can be better against the Colts on Sunday? I mean, almost everything. Like, it's good that Ramondre Stevenson had the long run, but... Almost everything else on offense was three and outs or four, you know, maybe one first down scattered in there. It just can't be as fluky as it was against the commanders. And that's really the way that I would describe how the Patriots offense was functioning in that game is that they could only actually muster points in those fluky situations of getting the ball off of a commander's fumble or that long Ramondre Stevenson run. I actually don't think that the offensive line looked that bad in that game against the commanders, despite the fact that Trent Brown was out and the Connor McDermott was playing left tackle. So you have to hope that the offensive line holds up as well against the Colts as they did against the commanders. Um, but I don't know. I mean, if I'm being blatantly like honest, this offense just does not have any firepower and they need fluke situations to score right now. And the receiving core is one bad, probably the worst in the NFL right now without Kendrick Bourne and two, just so top heavy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's basically Demario Douglas, and that's it at this right. point. And, I mean, I know all of us are, are fans of Mario Douglas. We think he's he's a valuable player for this team, has a bright future. He's not at the point in his career where he can carry a passing attack. He, right. Even the last couple of weeks, he's been the focal point of the Patriots passing game, and he's only had around 50 yards. Uh, it would have been a little bit more if he was able to pull down that, that 22-yarder, I think yeah. it was, late yeah. in that game. But Juju Smith-Schuster was essentially a non-factor till that final drive. Then he obviously had... The drop that led to the interception. Jalen Rager, Tyquan Thornton, 10 targets, two catches, I think, what, 18, 19 yards. Uh, who knows if Thornton's even going to play in this game? He got benched pretty early in the last one. Could see Kayshaun Maybe Booty? you see Kayshawn Booty. I'll yeah. believe it when I see it. Yeah. Yeah. TJ Luther, maybe? TJ <laughs> Luther, Malik Cunningham, who knows? I mean, they just, they're not getting anything at all from their receiving core. Uh, and Mike Kosicki as well. Bill Belichick two yeah. weeks ago said, oh, he's our fifth receiver. He had one target, zero catches in that game last week. They just have don't have any firepower in the passing game. Obviously, Matt Jones hasn't been perfect. He, he's had some missed opportunities on, on the few plays where guys have gotten open. But the windows are so tight. They've got drops everywhere. It's just it, there's very little talent in this passing game. And even if they can protect Matt Jones, like uh, as you said, Doug, they did a much better job of last week who's going to be there to catch the ball. It's just, it's kind of a, I'll believe it when I see it sort of situation with this offense. Yeah. So two things for me, one of which is the Colts run defense is still below average. It's 19th according to PFF, 23rd according to DVOA. Like you should have opportunities, especially going off the right side where Mike Unwenu is still going to be a right tackle. City Sal had a clean sheet against the commanders. And Sal's been good. Settling yeah. into his role finally. The second thing is I'm very curious about how the Colts handle them from a coverage standpoint because we all know Gus Bradley is like the last flag bearer in the parade for cover three. And the Patriots carved up cover three for years. But when they came into Foxborough last year, it was a similar offensive performance where they only scored in a short field. And it was field goal, field goal, field goal, defensive touchdown, I think. Mack had like 150 passing yards in that yes. game, probably less. Not I mean, great. It might have been like 120, and, really low. And they're going to look and go, we can play man. 
or do whatever yeah. we want here. So I'm curious how much the Colts deviate from like, we are blitzing the least in the league. We play a ton of zone coverage. This is what we do to, you know, we can just man up because that's what the commanders did. over 50% of max dropbacks. And that'll be a test early on where do the Patriots have better answers versus man. Are the Colts even going to do that? Cause they might just say, Hey, we're fine. They also defend as we get close in on five minutes here, which is all we're going to have for the six topics and then go to practice. Um, the second best defense by DVOA against running backs. So Stevenson in the passing game, it's not going to be a factor. Right. Yeah, and he hasn't been a major factor this year in general in the passing game. No. He's, he's had he's some plays. He's volume, but, but yeah. just, yeah, he's not that go-to guy that they no. have had in, on those successful teams in the past on those third down kind of situations. There it is. Perfect timing. It's very jaunty yeah. uh, timer. I like it. It is. Um, I also searched for, before we started, German sounds and found a German soundboard, which was just uh, very unpleasant. It was a little too aggressive. Yeah, yeah, so this is a great sound. We'll be hearing it more as we keep going on. Doug, uh... Topic number two. I just saw Andrew's passcode. It's very complex. <laughs> <laughs> Frankfurt observations. Okay, let's going, start here. Going with Frankfurt observations uh, as the second. Uh, so I feel like your dad's kind of been giving us a history lesson. <laughs> and I wasn't aware that Frankfurt was basically just like completely demolished um, in World War II. And that very little history actually still exists in Frankfurt, which... If you're going to a European city, you kind of want to see history. Yeah. But there is one big tower that's been around since like the 1400s, uh, which is pretty cool to see. And I don't know. I had fun walking around this morning. Um, but yeah, I think your dad described it as a boring city also, <laughs> <laughs> um, which I don't know. Frankfurt seemed cool. We eat some good food. And- it's, it's a little early for this, but yeah. because the next time I'll be you know starting up a new episode, it'll be after we'll do some film notes and I'll have more Frankfurt observations. Yeah. Sports Illustrated has a media party that we'll go to yeah. and maybe uh, take some pictures and post later. But I, the thing that struck me is we walked around and it's, it's on the, the mine river and it, it was very quiet. Yeah. Like yeah. 9 a.m., 10 a.m., shops are still closed. It was like a siesta dropped in the middle of the morning. People yeah. are just like, we took the day off. But there's also yeah. like a very a real NFL presence. Like you saw when we got off the plane, different signs you see in the train stations. We see these giant helmets that are in like the center square. I like the city from what I've seen, but it's like very sleepy so far. It is yeah. sleepy. It, obviously, small sample size. We've only been here for a couple small of hours. Sample size. Yeah. But we... <laughs> But it was like uh, they, during a time when people should be going to work. Yeah, it, it, like no it, it kind of struck work. me as like if you're in like the financial district in Boston at like 9 a.m. on a Sunday. Right. There's like yeah. nobody really yeah. around. But it, it's a weekday. Yeah, it was a little surprising that we didn't see more kind of bustling activity. It does seem like they're excited for this game, though. Like yes. Coming on the train yeah. here from the airport, uh, obviously you have all the NFL experience stuff downtown, but I passed four or five billboards that, that weren't directly associated with the NFL, but they had a bunch of German words and people playing football on it. So... Uh, it definitely seems like there is a a passionate football fan base here. I know the the Frankfurt Galaxy when they were around, they were a big deal mm-hmm. out here. I'm I'm pretty sure they played in the stadium that the Patriots are going to be playing mm-hmm. in this weekend. Back when NFL Europe was uh, alive and kicking. But Interesting. Uh, I got a sausage within a pretzel with cheese on it for like two dollars and fifty cents this morning. So that which was is awesome. basically a sausage egg and cheese, as I said. But it looked nothing like that. It's you know, not, it, it looks like, like orange yeah. in the middle. It essentially yeah. looked like a hot dog in a pretzel, like <laughs> covered in melted cheese. And it was great. It was very good. It was a nice breakfast this morning. Had a couple coffees, as I mentioned. People have been lovely. I don't mean to like dump on paper <laughs> no. right now. My dad's calling it boring. I'm saying it's sleepy. Like yeah. we just haven't seen a whole lot yet. But I'm interested too that like you can walk from downtown into a very deep forest within an hour. Like this yeah. is a city that still has like some old mm-hmm. touches to it. 
uh, but is being rebuilt in the center. Like they're literally constructing skyscrapers a block or two over as part of their downtown. Oh, and supposedly, too, the stadium is in the middle of the woods. Yes. Uh, I think oh, the, the, in, the original name for it, I can't remember it, but it's it was the German word for stadium in the woods. Oh. So we, we had like a media meeting with some NFL folks the other day, and they're like, just so you know, this stadium is literally <laughs> in the middle of the woods. Don't so, take a wrong turn. Yeah, you might so, be in wrong turn the sequel. Essentially. Yeah. They were like, if you take an Uber, make sure you, you know where you're going because, yes, you were driving into the woods to get to the stadium. So I'm kind of interested to see what that looks like. When you landed on the flight, Zach, we were all on the same flight. Were you handed a like croissant with a bunch of slices of Swiss cheese? I did. Yeah. The, the Swiss cheese was not very melted. I, cold. I think there was some like cottage cheese in there, there too. Was was some, like, there was some creamy cheese in there as well, but... I was just thrown off because it was like four slices of cold Swiss cheese in a croissant. In a croissant, and I was like, I don't know what to do with this. And what in our time it was midnight. Yeah. In local time it was six a.m. But uh, yeah, it's another Frankfurt observation. But um, apple wine is another thing I want to shout out, which is special here that we haven't tried yet. No. But it is like a native. You know, you go, you have your brats, you have your beers. As Dan Roach put it to Mac Jones on Wednesday, seventy-six brats in ten minutes. That was Dan's question. I, I feel like, unfortunately, Dakota Randall is not on this trip with us. I'm, I feel like he would give that challenge a try. He would say seventy-six brats in ten minutes. Oh my like, god! Yeah, let's go. Let's do. How it. many brats could you guys eat in ten minutes? Like five or six. I, was, I feel like I, I could eat them quickly, and then I would just be like. I don't want to eat anymore. Brats, brats are kind brats of are heavy. heavy. Brats are heavy. Like a hot dog, I think I could eat five or six. A brat, I'm like four maybe. I don't know. It, also, is it with buns or without buns? It has to be on their own. Yeah, I, I feel like, do you yeah. eat brats with brats? Brats can stand alone in a way the hot dog cannot. That is yeah. true. It's more versatile. Oh, 100%. The hot dog is very dependent. I, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of confidence. There was also a sign that we passed, and I, I don't know German, but there was like... I'm almost positive it's a do not put ketchup on your brats. Like, oh, there I, was, I would never. That sounds bad. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's disrespectful to the uh, local cuisine. Next topic. All right. Next topic. Mid-season awards. Mm. MVP, mm. offensive, defensive, most improved. So uh, for the folks who don't know, whenever we publish an article, thanks to this lovely program called Parsley, <laughs> that a lot of different journalism outlets use, we can track how many people read a certain story, how long they're on a story, how they got to the story, where they go next. And so I published a column that was like, let's let's throw some positivity out there. Mid-season awards for the Patriots, all the things Zach just mentioned. It is one of the least read stories <laughs> I've published in my entire tenure at the Herald. Not a lot of a market for uh, positivity. So I said, yeah, what better topic to talk about on the podcast that no one wants to read about or listen about? But... We're at the midway point. We've talked a lot about why the season has gone to shit. Yeah. And so I think it's worth just noting that some players deserve a little bit of shine and shout. You're not all I'm, the way in. I'm, but sure, <laughs> I'm sure they do. I'm just I'm like, trying to like think in my head of who would be the MVP. I'm just stuck well, right now. So I'll, I'll lead off because I made these selections. Yeah. I think you're about to or you're going to or you yeah. mentioned in the car ride on our way to JFK. My MVP is injured. Because most of the Patriots' best players are injured. I mean, I think the, all of their MVP candidates are injured. Yes. Right. For this award. Yes. yes. Well, their <laughs> MVP, the people, I'll, well, I'll, I'll, know, I'll let you pick yours first. But the two that I would consider are both injured. Yeah. I went with Kendrick Bourne. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. I think th this passing offense is nowhere without him. He's a guy who's tracking for was tracking for career highs. He's a vital piece of the locker room and the energy that they have not been able to replace since. And also played his best against the best teams that they face, scored two touchdowns against the Eagles, yeah. 
scored against Miami, scored against the Bills. And as Max said after week one, he's my go-to guy. Yeah. So as Parker falls off after, you know, what was a great summer for him, Juju is nowhere to be seen until last week, and tomorrow Douglas is in and out. Like, that guy was a steady part of an offense where, sure, maybe he tops out as a number two. Right. But, like, you needed a steady option in a way that we've never seen from the Patriots. And Kendrick Bourne gave him that. I'm going to go with Jabril Peppers. Oh, okay. Uh, just because he's been a playmaker on defense – He's not currently injured, which, like, I feel <laughs> helps. like helps. And it obviously, like, you can give it to an injured player. And there's probably players who were injured even earlier in the season who you could make a case for. But uh, he's just been such a playmaker. Um, he's been part of basically all of the Patriots' best, most positive plays this season. Uh, he, he has kind of a commanding presence on defense. I think he's a vocal leader on defense. And, I mean, he's probably been their best overall defensive player. And the defense has been so much better than the offense. I feel like it's kind of fair to give it to a defensive player. So I go with Peppers. Um, He's probably been the Patriots' best player so far this year. Yeah, the two that came to mind instantly were Bourne and Christian Gonzalez. Yeah. Even though he only played four games, basically three games, three games, and a handful of snaps in the fourth game before he got hurt. Just with the trajectory that he was tracking at, he was – going to be in the defensive rookie of the year conversation yeah. if he continued to be to stay on on the track that he was uh, obviously a very small sample size for him because he only lasted about a quarter of the season uh, but peppers is a is a good call as well i would say if we're going most improved and best defensive player i think i'd give both of those to jabril, Pe- jabril peppers uh, he's been one of the few players on this team where you can have kind of no caveats say, yeah, he's had a very good year. Yeah. Like everybody else, even with Kendrick Bourne, you right. could say, yeah, he had a couple of games where he was just right. basically invisible. I think Peppers, from floor to ceiling across the board, from a leadership standpoint, from an on-field standpoint, uh, from the, just the level of how much larger of a role that he's taken on, uh, I think that I'm, I'm swaying myself. I think I'm going to join Doug on the Jabril Peppers Island there and say he's the MVP. So he was my defensive player of the year. Offensive player, I went with Trent Brown, who's just playing, I think, the best that we've ever seen from him, including yeah. some flashes of 2018. Uh, most improved for me, because Peppers could also fill in there. Yep. And I went with Jelani Tavai, who's the only player on this team with a forced fumble, a sack, and an interception. Mm-hmm. A dude who's playing off the ball. And outside. And I described him as a glue guy last week in a longer story after chatting with him for like 20 minutes in the locker room. And then he goes and forces a fumble that leads to their only like real touchdown against Washington. Like he's getting it done in a way that two years ago he was just a punchline. Like he had this Patricia stench to him when he arrives from Detroit. Everyone hated him. He gets extended last year. And I'm like, it's not a big deal. It takes up 2% of the cap. And now he's rewarding that with value that you really need on a defense where guys are not giving you value anywhere, partly because they're. I would say he was sneaky good last year, too. Like, not as good, not to the level that he is at now. He wasn't making the kind of impact plays that he is. But I remember looking at, like, PFF in week 14 or 15, and I was like, July Tobias, like, the 14th highest graded linebacker. And I was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Just real quick, I'll give Christian Barmore Defensive Player of the Year, Kendrick Bourne Offensive, and most improved to Tavai. But Barmore has been awesome for the last few weeks. Okay, so we've all seen the Patriots struggle to score this season. That has been no secret. But I have something new for you. And that is the fact that you at home or walking the dog or at the gym or grocery shopping, you yourself can score this season with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. That's $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Again, $150. If you pick a team and that team wins, 
And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, you've heard me talk about them a lot. There is no better time than right now to get in on the action because the app is super easy to use. And if you don't like picking straight up winners, you could go with point spreads or player props over unders and tons and tons more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and open up the NFL season on your terms with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Massachusetts must be 21 year older and present in the state in order to bet. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit is required. Bonus is issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling help line ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right. Next up. Right, I picked out the two. Uh, wild card. Okay, so the end of every preview episode goes 3 2 1, three matchups, uh, or three keys, two matchups, one wild card. It has to be a non game specific thought, which I'm glad you drew this because I feel like you have a lot ready to go and holster every day that you wake up. I do, but I have to think about this. You go first. You go first. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to think of wild card thought. Um, it's interesting to see the vibe of the locker room coming to Germany. Yeah. Where like you'll typically get one answer when teams are traveling to a different place or you're going somewhere far, you're coming back. It's a business trip, okay? I think this is a trip where you can kind of throw that out the window. Like you, you are what you are, you know what you need to do, you're familiar with this team. Go and enjoy Frankfurt. And I, I don't I, it's not a priority, like they need to go win. Don't get me wrong, but I think there's a balance to be struck where the Dolphins spent a whole week here. It was like, when are, or when are these players going to be back in Germany? And I think we've seen and heard a little bit of that from players, but not enough in a way that suggests where, like, they're not making those decisions. Right. But I wonder if that lack of excitement is as much, hey, we're two and seven, or just kind of an apathy about this season because it's not, we're not getting it's a business trip in the way that I thought we would. And yet it's still like, yeah, I guess we'll go and see because we have yeah. to. You know what I mean? I, and, yeah, I don't think that any of the players seem overly excited about this. I'm going to say that my wild card is that I feel like everyone's travel schedule for this trip was insane. <laughs> and that's, like – and that's ours and the Patriots also. Like, we all left at, like, 4 or 5 Eastern time on Thursday and got in at midnight Eastern time, which was 6 a.m. German time. And then we're just supposed to be up for the next day – even though it's midnight for us. And, like, that goes for the players, too. They are practicing at, what, 2 p.m. German time, yes. which is 8 a.m. Eastern time, which means that, like, I don't think that they slept when well, they, they got their in. Their answer was all, how are you going to deal with the jet lag, which is not a hard question. But it's, it's not just jet lag. It's, like, it's, it's, like, two hours of sleep on a plane. That's right. not what jet lag is. Like, jet lag is, like, is flying across the country, getting sleep, but then still feeling off based on the time change. Like, this is not just jet lag. This is severe sleep deprivation that they're probably getting as well. It's crazy that the NFL asks teams to do this. I guess that is my take. Yeah. I, I think every Europe game should have, like, a Thursday game the week before and a bye week the week after. Right. Like, it's insane that you fly. Like, if you do the schedule that the Dolphins did and you stay here for a couple days and you kind of – get in the mix. Obviously they ended up losing last week, so it didn't right. really matter for them. But the fact that you're expected to play a professional football game, which is already one of the most difficult things a human body can do. Yeah. And do that basically when your body thinks that it's nine o'clock in the morning and you haven't slept well in the last couple of days and you're 
whole internal clock is all thrown off. It's I understand why they do it. Yeah. It's it's great to grow the game. It's well, and more more are going to come, and more yeah. are going to come. Yeah. Everybody loves watching football at nine o'clock in the morning, but from a like. I don't know. I think player safety might be a little too strong, but just right. from like a player welfare, it's insane that you have yeah. to do this in the middle of the season and then just be like, all right, cool, go back to your schedule. I mean, they do have a bye week next week, so it's not like they don't have to immediately go back and prepare to play the, the Jets next weekend. But That's the other part about this where it's the middle of the season. Like all the right. London games have been over for, for weeks. Yeah. They got those done in late right. September, early October, and that's a shorter trip with one hour fewer difference yeah. going from London to central German time. Um, but I, I wonder how much deeper into the season they'll go with this because clearly there's a market, there's an interest, they're expanding. Yeah. And I think the Patriots could be back as soon as 2025. Yeah. When again, they're going to have nine home games and be able to give one up with all the interest and the time and the energy and resources they've poured into this market. Yeah. No, I think there will be more, but like, yeah, you're, it's, it's tough because obviously you have to practice on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday heading into a game on Sunday. But between the travel and the time change, you're just erasing 13 hours from your week of preparation, which feels really difficult for any team. And obviously, like, they're both doing the same thing. So both teams are going to be sleep deprived, jet lagged, losing 13 hours, all that different stuff. There's no competitive advantage. Right. But it, I don't know. I mean, I think that if you're sleepy on the field or you're tired, like, yeah, there probably is some, some player safety issues at hand there. So I don't know. That's not all I card. Okay. Yeah. We're just about to end. So let's cut it right there. Um, okay. So you guys have heard me talk a fair amount about betting on this podcast, giving you some advice, told you where to make those bets. So I got a quick question for you. What if there was an app that used AI and machine learning to suggest smart sports bets? Well, good news. And you might've guessed it. There is. And that app is called Odds R. It's the mobile app you need to know what bets of the day are the smart ones. So just download the app right now. I'm serious. And sign up for an account. And just let the latest data analysis guide you through today's point spreads, money lines, and over-unders. If you see green, that's a smart bet. If you see yellow, you're on your own. And if you see red, just don't do it. Move on to the next. Because Odds R doesn't take your bets. It makes you better at making them. With odds are on your mobile phone, you're always a tap away from making a smart play every day. It's smart betting made simple. So find the odds are app in the app store or on Google Play and get a two-week free trial. It's just 10 bucks a month after that because the casinos and sports books want you to bet, but odds are wants you to win. Go get it. Pats Interference listeners actually get a special deal too. You get your first 30 days of the app free, totally free. If you go to odds are that's O D D S the letter R dot com slash Pat to download the app. That's odds are.com slash P A T S for 30 days of smarter betting free. I'd call that a winning bet. Got two left. Two left. One of which is at least Patriots defense versus the Colts. Is that what we're talking about? Boom. Bang. There it is. Okay. okay. Um, let me start here. Gardner Minshew has never faced Bill Belichick before. Surprising. I, I would love to see this played out, not in a 60-minute football game, but like an hour at the bar. Both of them <laughs> just have fears of what is that, inter- what is that interaction yeah. like? Or playing chess. I don't know if either of them know how to play chess, but you have two wildly disparate characters yeah. in the world of NFL football finally coming together in a way that like no one really cares about, probably more than I'm describing right now. But I'm very fascinated to see this because – like. Gardner Minshew is running their offense and leading it to score 30 points in multiple occasions and could do it again on Sunday. 
So it's as much about him as we could talk about Jonathan Taylor or the running game or like Josh Downs is probably out. But I don't know. Like I'm excited for Minshew versus Bill. Minshew's fun. Yeah. Yeah. He's a gunslinger. He just – he makes good plays. He makes really dumb plays. You're not – like if this was a game against Sam Ellinger – or even like Ugh. a Colt McCoy, or even one of those like generic backup types. You're like, all right, whatever. But Minshew, Minshew's fun. He's Minshew mania. He's got some spiciness to him. He's got the long hair and the headband and all the all the crazy Minshew backstory. Uh, I mean, the Colts are scoring a lot of points this season. They haven't scored fewer than 20 points in any of their games this season. The Patriots have only scored more than 20 twice. And right, twice the. Uh, yeah, the Dolphins game or yeah. the Eagles game in Week One, and then the yeah. Bills game yeah. that they won yeah, twenty or more. And yeah. they've also yes, and they've also allowed at least twenty points in every game except for the Jets game in Week yeah. Three. So those stats don't really uh, shape up in the Patriots' favor. But uh, I don't know. It would have been fun to watch Anthony Richardson yeah. in this game yeah. if he was healthy. Uh, it's it's a shame that you have the injuries that you have on both sides with these right. teams. Richardson would have been fun. Would have been fun to see a full strength Patriots defense with Definitely. Gonzalez and Judon and some of those other guys in there. But if you got to have a backup from a watchability viewership standpoint, Minshew's a good guy to have. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Taylor have been pretty good this season. Over I think three point four yards after contact per carry, whereas Ramon J. Stevenson's at like two point six, just as far as like a comparison sake goes. And with Josh Downs. Curious to see what happens there. He's been really impressive so far as a rookie. He did at least make the trip to Germany. Yeah. Um, I think he was what? Uh, he didn't practice. He didn't practice Wednesday Thursday. or Thursday yeah. due to a re-aggravated knee injury. Second round rookie at a UNC. Yeah. Who is this prototypical slot we were discussing right. all last spring? It's like, yeah. it's a big Patriots, Patriots could really right? use him in the second round. But then, I mean, they did get Demario Douglas in the sixth round. Right. They I did. think that they did kind of, they do a good job of like, Maybe we don't have to pick the slot receiver that early. Maybe yeah. we can find him later, and that's what they've done in Demario Douglas. Uh, but Michael Pittman will obviously be the best wide receiver on the Patriots roster as well. Um, and, yeah, I, it is a bummer that we don't get to see Anthony Richardson and that he only got to play, what was it, three games or four games this yeah, season? Yeah, he got knocked like out of at least two of them with injuries. Because yeah. it just, like, it limits a quarterback's development, I think, so much to take him off the field. And I think that he could be a really intriguing player in the NFL. So on Pittman, he, that dude is six foot four, 230 pounds. Yeah. Okay. He is towering over any Patriots corner that's going to see him on Sunday. But after him, like I look at the running backs catching passes because they yeah. have 31 catches between Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. Zach Moss has been great because Colts offensive line is the sixth best run blocking line in the entire league according to PFF. So like whoever's getting the ball is doing some damage. But if the Patriots are able to, quote-unquote, take away Pittman, which they were doing against number one receivers Mm -hmm. until I wrote about it. And then they (laughs) played Tyreek Hill in Miami, who went off for God knows how many yards and a a touchdown. I Um, got that out of the way one week earlier. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. thank you. Yeah, for the heads up. Uh, That, like, there are few options outside of him because Josh Downs is out. Alec Pierce is your next receiver. He has 240-something yards a season. Then you get to the running backs. And I don't think the Patriots are particularly strong against those running backs. But it, whether they're defending them in pass coverage or coming downhill, like Bentley and mo- everyone's most improved, Jelani Tavai, I think have sneaky big roles in this game, yeah. whether it's just tackling and preventing those explosive runs or the one-on-one opportunities they're going to get in the flat against those guys when Pittman is double-teamed and Minshew has to check it down. Well, we should mention, too, that the Patriots cornerback situation in this game. No J.C. Jackson. Patriots left him yeah. at home for disciplinary yeah. reasons. I'm curious to see what – they do with Jack Jones. He's been a full participant in practice this week, but he also was reportedly missed curfew alongside Jackson last week. You don't know if there are going to be any lingering uh, disciplinary effects on him in this game, whether he's going to be 
bench to start the game, have a limited role, whatnot. Uh, if he is, you're going to see more of, of Sean Wade, which I'm sure the, the Colts would like to see. Um, but yeah, you're not going to have a full strength Patriots secondary by any means going up against this, uh, this Colts receiving core. Who Pittman's a guy that can hurt you if, if yeah. you don't put, especially if it's John Jones against Michael Pittman. He's got what? Five, six inches on Jonathan Jones. So probably 50 pounds. Yeah. Well, I am glad you brought up JC Jackson and Jack Jones because that is the last item here from the magic ice bucket of topics. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just lay the groundwork because I haven't talked about this since it happened. And JC Jackson, as you just mentioned, we found out Wednesday after Bill Belichick left his morning press conference, was going to be left home. And this is news that did not come out uh, 24 hours before the team left for Germany. It was before then. It was a decision they made before they even hit the practice field this mm-hmm. week. And it's due to personal reasons. It's due to performance. It's due to his attitude. And we lumped him in with Jack Jones because they both virtually sat the first quarter against mm-hmm. Washington. Belichick said it wasn't a benching. You get more reporting about, hey, they missed curfew. Both right. of them did. And that fully explains what happened to Jack Jones. Something else is going on with JC. And there are, there are rumors and things that we hear in the media that you can't substantiate so you don't pass them along that are would explain part of this. The more interesting part to me is not that, hey, Michael Pittman is now a real big problem on Sunday. Is Belichick continuing to stand by JC and Jack Jones? And I wrote a whole yeah. column about this and tweeted about it. What do you see or think when it comes to Belichick continuing to stand by and really empower guys who are breaking the rules and yet in Jack's case still get to play or JC's start after the first two drives and play the whole game against Washington? I mean, I think that ultimately it just comes down to Belichick wants to win, and those are two of his best three cornerbacks on the team, and he has to have them on the field. Otherwise, you're talking about, at this point, Sean Wade, Alex Austin, Miles Bryant, Jonathan Jones, Breon Borders, Azizi Hearn. Like, these guys, like, you can't put a defense out there, really, with those players. You have to have J.C. Jackson or Jack Jones on the outside. So I think they're just going to have to weather the storm. But, I mean, like, just the message of – this guy cannot travel with the team to Germany, but we're going to keep him on the roster. And for Jack Jones... Well, and sit him for an entire week of right. practice, too. Yeah, and sit him for an entire week of practice. For Jack Jones, we're going to sit this guy for the entire first quarter. He's going to have a towel around his neck. For part of the defensive series, he's sitting on the bench next to the kicker, Chad Ryland. Doing the rest of the defense yeah. is like standing near the sideline in case they have to go in. So clearly, he knew not only he wasn't going to go in... But he was showing like a disinterest in the game at that point. Like ideally in a in the past when the Patriots were winning 13 games per season, both of these guys might be cut in that situation, but they just have to have them out there. But no, I mean, it's probably going to be a big Sean Wade game because even when Jack Jones has played so far this season, he's been rotated onto the field. They haven't given him like that full Well, he's been roasted on the field. I mean, yeah, he gave up the last too. touchdown against Miami. He came back in the second yeah. quarter against the Commanders. Gave up two or three catches, depending on how you want to chart right. that. Like he's also just not been good, and yeah. this is coming off of ending last season on the suspended list, yeah. walking out of a training camp practice this summer. Oh, and all of the legal trouble that he yeah. got into. This is a fourth round pick. Like he might be good, but he's not lived up to that talent this yeah. season. And the way that they continue to stand by him and say basically rubber stamp this behavior as acceptable when other guys are in that locker and perpetuating the culture. Yeah. This is two and seven. We're going to abide and follow those rules. Well. I think it sends a crappy I, message. I, 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I get what you're saying, and I agree to a point, but they did bench J.C. Jackson and not bring him on this trip. So there, it wasn't a full endorsement of his. I mean, maybe it was an endorsement in the moment last weekend because he ended up playing 50-something snaps in the game. But after the game, he was told to basically stay away from the team for two weeks. So there is some sort of level of consequence with that. Mm -hmm. I'm curious whether there was something additional that happened after the game, because I don't know how you go from, hey, we're going to sit you for two series but still play you 50 snaps, to, hey, stay away from this team for two weeks. Whether that was a the way that he handled the the like that role after the fact, whether he was just uh, – or was a kind of snowball-type situation. Uh, it was funny that this all came out like five hours after the ESPN story on his time with the Chargers that said Tom Telesco, the Chargers general manager, personally apologized – to the Chargers defensive backs for yeah. both signing and vouching for Jackson. Uh, and then he's seemingly doing similar type things now that he's back in New England. But yeah, it's, it's not what you want. Obviously it's yeah, no, the fact no that you have to hang, like you need to play these players if you want to win, but now they are choosing not to play JC Jackson. So there is a, there is some level of consequence with it. I think when it gets yeah. to a point that Scott's like color analyst. Yeah. Midday show host on 98.5. But, like, friend of Belichick's comes out and says, cut him. Like, cut J.C. Yeah. Jackson. Like, because you know what you were getting into when you brought him back. You knew what you were getting into with the Jack Jones experience. And they continue to abide by it. That's what kind of blows my mind. And I get that a lot of this is due to injuries as we wrap up the kind of segment here. But it, it's just, it, like, you're fighting for the culture now. And these are guys who are still integral to your defense. And, yeah, it's partly due to circumstance with other guys getting hurt. But at some point, I, like, I don't know when you would say they are cut because yeah. a lot has gone on that would lead people close to the program and watching this stuff the yeah. same day every day and say it should have happened already and obviously it hasn't. I mean, yeah, I think Jack Jones is fortunate that it didn't happen when he got arrested at Logan Airport in June. That, yeah. like, And then, as we've said, there's been multiple instances since then of him leaving practice early. Now this, uh, with him you know, being late to, to the team facility or to the team hotel on Saturday – but, yeah, no one really wants to fully say what's going on with J.C. Jackson. So it does feel like there's something more or something more must have happened afterwards. Or, like, maybe they didn't get the full story of why he was late to the team hotel. Like, something else mm. seems to have caused that he went from missing two defensive series to now being away from the team for two weeks. And, and I, we have to assume he's going to be back with the team after this two weeks. But I don't know if that's a guarantee based on how these next two weeks Go for him. I got asked a mailbag question if I thought that what came out in the ESPN article from his time in the Chargers influenced this decision at all. And I don't think so. Like, I don't think that that would have been fair to him. I think you have to start with a clean slate when he comes back. But I think that that shows what's possible with J.C. Jackson. And it shows like what is probably still going on behind the scenes with him now back on the Patriots. And just the people of the Chargers, which maybe this is more a reflection on them than it is him being so open and willing to share that stuff. Yeah. Which the reporter who wrote that was new to that beat this season right. and came in after the season started. So, like, 
I know they do a good job. That was a very good story. But that's not someone who's been embedded or has contacts. Those are people from the team being like, get a load of this. That's the team saying, hey, this is why we were willing to give this guy away literally for free. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they really did. All right, well, we can't end on that note. Uh, Game picks. And any other lingering Frankfurt thoughts? <laughs> uh, I haven't been in Frankfurt enough to have any more lingering. <laughs> I think they're all out there. Every single thought that I have about Frankfurt has been stated. Um, Colts are going to, I think, going to win this game. I can't see the Patriots score more than two touchdowns. So I'll say like 2017 Colts. Oh, okay. Close. I'm going Colts 16, Patriots 13. A repeat of the, uh, the Thursday night score. I think it's going to be in. <laughs> Equally ugly game, even though, yeah. as I mentioned before, the Colts have been able to put up some points. But this just strikes me as a sleepwalk type game, an ugly game. The Patriots have been, have been playing a lot of those lately and really over the last couple of years. So I think it's relatively low scoring and the Colts win a, a somewhat close one. So I know the Patriots were super close to finishing that drive. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster catches the ball against Washington. You probably go on and march to a tie or perhaps a win. You're in field goal range if you catch You're the in ball. Field, yeah. But I looked at that spread, and I look at the run of play that Washington had, and go, the Patriots are favored by two and a half in that game. And I look at this where they were favored to start the week or on Sunday, and then it flipped to the Colts minus one, and now it's minus 2.5. I think the Colts cover and easily. Like, I think this is – 24 to 13 Indianapolis. And it's partly the matchup last year, which was just a slog. We had more talent in offense. It's just hard, man, right now for them to live on offense and stay on schedule, which is the whole game because they just don't have any explosive plays and it's going to be hard to get them uh, on Sunday. But we are going to go speak to those Patriots and Bill Belichick and Mac Jones and Hunter Henry and Ronder Stevenson and see what they think of Frankfurt and their thoughts will probably be better than the ones we've shared here. But it is for I think I, I'm going to yeah. take our thoughts yeah. over any Patriots yeah. thoughts we're going to be able to yeah. get in a couple hours here. And granted, to be fair to them, they'll have done a different version of what we've done. Get in, go to the hotel, walk around, and then practice football. Yeah, I don't even know where they're too. staying. They might not even be in downtown Frankfurt. They might be off yeah, Bach or somewhere else. <laughs> out, <laughs> the woods. Yeah. out the woods. Yeah. Um, so it's a great experience. It's been here. If you are in town and listening or watching this podcast and you see us, give a shout. Or yep. find us on Twitter and we will come. We will be out and about different bars, maybe driving to a castle tomorrow. Uh, more to be found and more to be shared at a later date. But for now, thank you for Doug, for Zach, I'm Andrew Kelly. And this has been Pass Interference brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLS Media Network. Auf Wiedersehen. 